celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Talk Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia ora and welcome to Tall Poppy Talk, Rayo Sakarano Thomas. Firstly, I must express sincere gratitude for your time today, given mere days ago you were representing New Zealand at the Embassy Cup. Not only did you bowl and bat for the Australia and NZ11, which I'm learning is an all-rounder, the team went on to beat the British Embassy 11 by six wickets and become the Group B champions. But on top of that, just a few weeks ago, you and the Japan men's cricket team were competing at the Asian Games. So already so much going on. But thanks to the power of ESPN Cricket Info and Japan Cricket, I know some rather specific facts about you, such as batting style, right-hand bat, bowling style, right-arm medium, age, 24 years, 132 days old, 67 matches, 1,448 runs, and 79 wickets, which might have updated since this weekend. And you debuted for the Japan Cricket on the international stage at the Sano Field, October 1st, 2022, against Indonesia. You are also Japan's men's cricket national team vice-captain, and there's even been a full captain there once. I saw, saw some footage. Holding the most career wickets in two of the five best bowling figures. You are instrumental in the rising success of the Sano Cricket Club and Japan Cricket as a player on the team and to the local community with your role at the Japan Cricket Association, which I have questions about. With a degree in human performance science, studies in sport development and coaching, and even a course in sports journalism, you are an all-rounder on the pitch and off it. It's been a long time since Cambridge High together, and I have so many questions. It's really a pleasure to welcome you to Tall Poppy Talk. First question, where and how are you today? Wow, that's, um, thank you for that intro. I've never been introduced like that before. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. It's um, currently 10 a.m. and the 31st of October in Sano. So Sano is the city I live and work in. Um, it's about just about an hour outside of Tokyo. So yeah, it's been good. I don't know what time it is right now for you or what it's, day. It's yesterday, 9pm for you. Okay, so happy Halloween. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Thank you. And before we started recording, and I was like, I need to get this on. You were explaining to me multiple surnames. Can you just yeah. like repeat that whole piece again? Because I loved it. Yeah, no problem. So it's um quite common for harpies like me um so to have two passports right and um i have different names on my passports so on my new zealand passport that i grew up living in it's uh my last name's thomas right and then on my japanese passport it's sakurana but then when i'm representing japan we kind of have a choice do you want to just go by thomas do you want to go by sakurano but most, um, there's quite a few other half Japanese, half Australian, British players um, in my squad. And we kind of just hyphen it. So I, I go by Sakurana Thomas, which is also what I went by in school as well, thinking about it. I wasn't just Thomas, I was Sakurana Thomas. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And <laughs> thanks for sharing it again. And I just coming off. I just came off watching your YouTube, like a day in the life, which oh, no. I honestly recommend because I was having a lot of fun, a lot of giggles because the way you interact with the other teammates and to your point, a bunch of different accents at points, they're saying like, Rayo, Japanese, please. And then you're just switching between Japanese and English. I'm so impressed with that. And I know if people want to deep dive, they can find out other podcasts where you get more into like, the New Zealand, Japan, or Japan, New Zealand, and then back to Japan again when you're older. How's the language growth been for you? Oh, it's been like a roller coaster. Cause um, so I was born in Japan and I grew up here, went to kindergarten here and everything. Um, and then I moved to New Zealand when I was five. So that would have been the first year of primary school for me. And I knew no English whatsoever. It was so embarrassing. I just remember. The first couple of weeks of primary school, my parents like sitting with me, like helping me learn. I there went and stuff like that. And by that age, most Kiwis 
can talk English at an okay level, right? But I was the complete opposite. So yeah, it was kind of a slow start in learning English for me. But then um, it's kind of flipped on the flip side. So I spent the next 18 years in New Zealand. And unfortunately, there's not much of a Japanese community where we are in Cambridge or even in New Zealand. There's not much like even all the Japanese restaurants are owned by like Chinese or Koreans. So it's not like, <laughs> yeah, there's so I really only had my mom who kind of um, would talk to me at home. So that's the only way I kind of kept it. And my understanding of Japanese has always been good. But they got to a stage where, like, me and my dad's Japanese just got worse and worse. And my mum's English is very good. So she kind of just got sick of us and was just like, okay, I'm just talking English from now on. And that's when my Japanese hit rock bottom. Just before I came here, I was like, and then when I got the offer to come to Japan, I was like really worried because my Japanese was terrible. But so when I landed in Japan, I'd say I was at about a 10 to 20 percent fluency. But now living here, it's flown by 18 months now. But um, I'd happily say I'm about a 70 percent, 80 percent fluency. I would say I can get by day to day fine. And the stuff that I have to do for my work is OK as well. It's just there's been a lot of media recently um, come, come, coming to us because cricket just got selected as an Olympic sport for the, Crazy. not Paris, but the, the LA Olympics. And like Japan, like they kind, even though cricket's the second most popular sport in the world, Japan have giants like baseball already. So it's not well known in Japan, but because it's an Olympic sport now, people are going like, it's going crazy over here. So um, I've been having to do a lot of interviews in Japanese, which is just a nightmare. Like <laughs> Japanese is like a language where you can't really explain yourself a lot. So uh, compared to English, I feel like you can talk a lot more in a, and be more descriptive compared to Jap Japanese where it's more like phrases and it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that my Japanese has gone better. So, yeah, wow. it's like... <laughs> yeah, there's like so many <clears throat> tangents I could go down there. First of all, Olympic <laughs> sport. Did Do you know, like, was that on the horizon? Or I mean, it... like, cricket was an Olympic sport over 100 years ago, and it just disappeared. And I don't know why, because to me, it's a no-brainer for me. But also, there's a lot of team sports where being in the Olympics isn't really a huge deal. Like you've got football and you've got, um, you know, golf and tennis where like it's not really the pinnacle of the sport, which cricket going to the Olympics, everyone's going to want to go and get a gold medal, but it's not like, oh, if you win gold at the Olympics, it, you're the top. Whereas like compared to other sports like track and field where Olymp being a gold medalist is like the pinnacle so it's been like yeah should we do it should we not but I think for Olympics being uh for cricket being in the Olympics it's definitely gonna broaden all because even though cricket's the most popular sport uh second most popular sport in the world there's still a lot of countries that still don't really know what it is so I think for cricket being in the Olympics, it's going to help those other countries be like, oh, this is in the Olympics. You can, yeah, and stuff like that. So that's what the main booster for being in the Olympics for, yeah. Wow, because even like I'm in the states, I'm in the East Coast, <clears throat> and yeah, people are like, oh, cricket, and I'm saying like it is massive. <laughs> it is absolutely yeah. a huge sport, but in the US market, yeah, there's football, like American football baseball other kind of powerhouses so yeah, exactly. especially it being in LA in 2028 is going to be very interesting yeah. like the curve of sudden interest which is great that other countries will pay to yeah, it and also the US uh the US and the Caribbean are hosting the next T20 World Cup oh cool next, I yeah. didn't know that um I don't know where in America I'm guessing like Florida because it's close to the Caribbean countries but yeah it's so it's growing in America as well. They're actually getting better and better. Like they're a very formidable side these days. Oh, well, that's good because they're putting <clears> in <throat> the effort too. Um, okay, I already knew this conversation. We were going to go in yeah, so many tangents. My bad. <laughs> no, please, I encourage it. Let me 
go I'm looking at our list of things I really wanted to discuss with you no problem keep it simple can you talk me through your cricket journey from journey. yeah from the get-go to where you are now yeah like I said like when I first came to uh, New Zealand I knew no Japanese at all and I think my parents was like the best way this person's going to make friends is through sport so I remember playing every sport in manageable and New Zealand's already a sport uh, country that loves sport right so I played like anything from cricket rugby football tennis athletics swimming snowboarding basketball hockey I did everything and you know it's weird because my dad's side of the family the Kiwi side they're they're a big rugby side of the family like my great-grandfather was an all-black right so back in like the 50s or something but um I was tiny in high school I was the smallest thing ever and I played rugby at a, you know, I got into rep teams and stuff, but I was just getting smashed. And it wasn't until like 17 where I had like a growth spurt. I never thought I'd be the like six foot one, two that I am now. So I kind of stopped playing rugby, which was like my second sport in high school. And cricket's just the sport that, I don't know, I just enjoyed the most. Like the individual sports were fun, but I like more of a team environment, which I found out. So I'm more of a team sport kind of guy. And cricket's, yeah, just the sport that I stuck with. And, um, you know, I didn't really start taking it seriously till the end of um, high school where I thought I could, you know, this could be a career path for me. So, yeah, that's pretty much there. And then during uni and um, I was, it was like during COVID uni, it kind of took a back seat and I wasn't really focusing on my cricket anymore, more towards uni. And then my one of my dad's best friends, who's um James McConey, he's one of the TV presenters on Crowd Goes Wild. Um, he was talking, I don't know how it started, but he he was talking to the head of Japan cricket. They were just tweeting each other, and um James was telling me telling him about me. There's this half Japanese boy, and then we got to talking and then that's how he offered me to come over here for a chance to play for the Japan national team and also work for the Japan Cricket Association. So I was like, I just finished uni and I wasn't really doing anything at the time. So I'm like, yeah, because I've always really wanted to move back to Japan and growing up in New Zealand, I felt like I was Kiwi. I identified as a Kiwi and I didn't really have that Japanese side of me. So I always wanted to go back to Japan and you know, kind of get in touch with my roots a bit more. But I'd, if I did move to Japan, I'll be like, well, what the hell am I going to do there? I can't speak Japanese. I, you know, I don't, I have family here, but I don't know what I would do here. So this was like the perfect opportunity for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing much here in New Zealand right now. So let's just took a leap of faith and I ended up here and um, where I am now, yeah, played maybe like, 10 to 15 games for Japan and yeah it's been really (laughs) I don't know I kind of rushed through that whole cricket journey but to where I am now I just never thought I'd be in this position so yeah it's been a roller coaster of a ride really. It's actually amazing and I want to like give it a room to breathe so we can appreciate it to go from yeah end of uni for anyone you're like what am I gonna do and you probably had all these like somewhat complimentary but like conflicting things of where do I want to go. Most Kiwis want to travel. You have a huge tie to want to come back to Japan. But for those to come together, you really needed to be like a catalyst and just like you said, literally a leap of faith. So kudos to you for doing that because I think that in itself, let alone the playing and then the working, actually backing yourself to go solo and yes you've got family but I can imagine when was the last time you'd been able to visit yeah Japan's like it's an island similar size to New Zealand but it's like my so where I live I've got my mum's side of my family but they live on the other coast to me so to get to them it's probably about like a six hour drive or a three hour bullet train but bullet trains are expensive here um so yeah, I don't get to see them much. So yeah, 
I kind of just live on my own in an apartment, which is weird to think as Kiwis, who lives by themselves, but it's very normal in Japan to live by yourself or with like your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that ties into the crux question that I ought to ask because you've had the Kiwi culture, the Japanese culture, also the high performance culture, which I think mm. a lot of people might experience in different degrees, but with sport, it's got to be just another level. So with all of that in mind, tall poppy syndrome, yes. what is it in your own words? No right or wrong answer and feel free to pause and take your time. What is it in your own words and have you experienced it? The first time I heard about it was at when I was in high school, it was during like a cricket awards thing. And there were, it was like on the stage, it was like a basket of poppies and a sign that said tall poppy syndrome. And I'm, I was like sitting to the next person. I'm like, what does that even mean? Because I didn't even hear it up until high school. And they're like, oh yeah, it's about, you know, how if there's this one poppy that outgrows, they cut it. So well, they're all equal in you know, length. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm guessing from that, in my own words, it's kind of like when people stick out above the crowd or doing something different and they get made fun of or put down or criticized about, you know, being different or achieving above the rest, which is a weird term because there's nothing like it in Japan. And I'm guessing it's more of like an Anzac kind of thing. Like, in New Zealand, Australia only, that happens a lot because we like to think of ourselves as humble people and we don't really, you know, brag about stuff. And if you're bragging and doing stuff, people kind of make fun of you. Like, I remember in primary school, I, the year I was like winning everything at athletics and I was like super happy. But instead of like, I was being made fun of by kids saying like, oh, you're trying too hard. And I was like, oh okay I didn't realize it was going to be like that here but yeah it's kind of you know athletes kind of get like it happens a lot in high performance sport I reckon because athletes are not kind of treated as humans a lot of the times because people are just watching them on their tv screens they're not interacting with them so they feel like they can you know talk badly about them and there's no repercussions and you see a lot of things on social media when something when a player does something wrong they just get all this blame and hatred where like you just wouldn't do that to a family member or a friend and so I think athletes have a lot of you know bad connotations and stereotypes from that where it's just people they're just misunderstood and people don't really know them as who they are they just see them as a screen so just comes from a lot of different angles you know this is like I've, I've listened to a few of your other podcasts and everyone's given like so many different answers and none of them are wrong they're all right so it's like yeah it's something that I've never really thought about like when you asked me to go on this podcast I was like I kind of know what it is but I still don't really understand it at all so that's why I did my um I did a bit of homework and did some research about it, but yeah, it's it's a fascinating topic. So I'm really glad that you're doing a whole podcast about this. Oh, I appreciate that <laughs> so much. And thank you for listening. Do you find, like to your point, you said when, when you're in primary school, it's like the try hard. Some yeah. people say that that's the word. They're like, oh, I haven't heard tall poppy syndrome, but I've heard like, yo, you're a try hard. Like, oh, yep I've experienced that or maybe I've even said it to other people um going to Japan like when you were older did you feel like maybe not that it held you back but did you notice that difference with your Japanese teammates I did because Japanese people take high performance you know it's a very proud thing you know it's Japan is a very prideful country and doing these things it's it's a very proud moment so they'll share all the the accomplishes on social media they'll you know they'll fully embrace it and that's something that I'm like wow this is you know kind of the right way to do it whereas like back in New Zealand I was you know I'm 
I was embarrassed to receive awards and recognition and assembly and stuff like that, which is like totally wrong. <laughs> but like, that's just kind of how we grow up. It's subconsciously we're very humble and we don't like the praise. And um, yeah, it's super weird coming to a country where Japan and Japan, where it's like I still cringe. Like in my other when I'm not playing and training, I do school visits and um, give back to cricket and stuff. And the teachers always introduce me as our oh, national team vice captain uh, and stuff like that. And I still cringe when people say that because I don't like being called an athlete, which is weird because it's not like I don't like it. I'm very proud of like where I've become, but it's like, it still feels a bit weird. And, you know, I don't, you know, yeah, it's hard to explain, but <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I see you now, and it was the same when I did my intro for you. You're like, oh, like because it's true. You've <laughs> you've worked really hard to be in this position, so you know that it's deserved. But something about accepting that publicly is like, oh, I don't want to seem like I'm backing myself too much. Whereas, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like in Japanese culture, there's a lot of honor and. That is just something I heard you say on one of the podcasts. Like if you got to represent um, Japan, it would be a real honor. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if you were in New Zealand, would you say like, yeah, I'd be stoked. <laughs> like the, that word carries a lot of weight to it. Do you find? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, growing up, I, you know, you have dreams of representing your country or well, two for me, in fact, but you just never think you're there. So when you actually re reach that level of being able to do it, it's, you know, words just, it's a cliche, but words can't describe it. And yeah, it's still like, even though I've played many games with Japan now, like every game, I still get the butterflies and the same feeling and emotional, you know, which is something that, you know, everybody doesn't get the chance to experience, but Mm. <laughs> it's 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 crazy yeah it's a very special thing and I I imagine those feelings are always gonna be there of those butterflies and something I, you touched upon was identifying as an athlete right and I would like you another please describe but describe yourself if you were to leave out the word athlete especially I can imagine in Japan right now people know you as the cricketer but if we're to leave out that word what else is there yeah like I said I don't really want people to know me as an athlete because when I if I introduce myself as an athlete people you know make like certain assumptions about athletes so yeah out so I would like to be known as not an athlete and as, an, as a genuine person and the perfect way to probably describe me as a Kiwi you know just <laughs> um down to earth um happy funny you know just a genuine free person and it was really weird because coming here I would even though I'm half Japanese half Kiwi oh living in New Zealand a long time I would say I was probably about 80 90 percent more Kiwi than I was Japanese but living here I've you know it's it's fascinating because Japan culture Japan and New Zealand are like polar opposites when it comes to culture and people and I think I would have really struggled set settling into Japan if I didn't have my mum teaching me about culture and stuff like that because like an example would be in New Zealand um, you know you kind of people are hard working but it's like you give it a go and we've got that saying like she'll be right and stuff like that but in Japan if it's not a hundred percent right, if it's like ninety nine percent right, it's all wrong. Like it's terrible. Like they're very much perfectionists, so it's very hard to balance the Kiwi Japanese like culture. But yeah, I just hopefully I don't really like describing myself, but, <laughs> but okay. um, yeah, I think if you ask all my friends to describe me, I think I'll just be a very positive person and stuff like that and that's hopefully that's what people know me by absolutely More of that. yeah <laughs> and I do encourage as much as you'll cringe people to watch like the day in the life video oh, yeah. much as now I'm honestly cracking up and I learned a lot of things about cricket 
um from watching it so you 100% give off all those like characteristics and I also want to focus on your mum for a second because holy moly not only did she pass on and teach you these things but I can imagine that now you're in Japan what it must have been like for her to come to New Zealand Mm. and be like you said not not a huge Japanese if any culture especially not in Cambridge do you think you've learned a lot more maybe or appreciate more from your mum and your dad from this experience? Yeah, absolutely. Like thinking about it as a kid, like I was like, I didn't think much of what my mum had to sacrifice. Like she was, she studied Japanese history at uni and she hasn't used her degree at all because she came all the way to New Zealand for me, basically, because um, I guess my parents thought like the, a Kiwi upbringing is more better for me than a Japanese upbringing. So yeah, she had to sacrifice a lot and we didn't, we never really went back to Japan as a family a lot. So it was a hard for her to leave her whole family and come to an unknown place like New Zealand, which is halfway around the world. And um, no, I'm really thankful for all the opportunities I've had and because of my parents and yeah, I mean, she she's she worked pretty much her whole life in New Zealand as a barista, like making coffees and stuff like that. So I don't think that's how she would have imagined her life coming, but um, she did it all for me and my upbringing. So yeah, it's just grateful for her and um, and for my dad. Like my dad coming to Japan as well. He, so he lived in Japan for eight years and he taught English at a university so um yeah crazy how it all worked out but here I am today so certainly yeah yeah your parents are pretty cool and I can you know both of them got to be extremely proud of you representing both like I mentioned so you were playing for Australia New Zealand 11 this past weekend where was that taking place it's like it's kind of like a yearly thing now where we hold like an embassy cup um so it's we invite all the embassies of japan to come and it's like a reason for like the australian new zealand british embassy it's like they it's something that that they know cricket right yeah and we invite them to come watch games on the weekend we have other stuff going on and it's basically all the residents that live in japan but they're kiwi australian bangladesh indian british and they all just play for their own you know embassy countries and it's just a fun weekend where you just get to meet people from that from where you're originally from but they're living in japan and doing their own thing so yeah it's it's it was a really cool weekend and that's kind of my last weekend of a very long season we kind of start in March so it's been non-stop till then so I'm very happy that I can hopefully take the next couple months off while it's getting colder and colder in Japan so it, it really <laughs> what does it get to there in do they work in kind of an ideal location in terms of it doesn't snow it might snow two three times a year but I, I'm sorry, but Japan, if I can, one of the biggest cons of Japan is the weather. Like, I miss New Zealand weather so much. In Japan, it's either way too hot or way too cold. Like, from June to September, it doesn't drop below 30. And it's always 100% oh. humidity. No. And Sano is surrounded by mountains, so it doesn't get a breeze. So sometimes we're playing games in 37 degrees, 100% humidity. And in cricket, you're wearing all this gear, right? So honestly, it's it's a nightmare. And in winter, from December to February, it's too cold. So you really only get this time period now between October and November and like March to May, where it's like perfect. But that's what I love about New Zealand weather because it's always kind of in the middle it doesn't get too cold it doesn't get too hot so but Japan's like the complete opposite of that yeah it's got to be gorgeous though when you're in those sweet spots it's and is and especially between March and May it's the cherry blossom season 
and that's when all the tourists come but it's definitely the ideal spot and now in autumn it's lovely too so um I love this time of the year but soon it'll get very cold and yeah I'm not that's why yeah I'm going usually like, like last year I went home for about a month during Christmas New Year so I guess I'll be going home in just over a, a month again soon so yeah looking forward to going home and going back time. to Cambridge yeah and <laughs> it's so weird because during like high school and uni I, I love Cambridge but like during that age you're like there's nothing more you want but to leave Cambridge but then like I got back last year after being away for 11 months and I got emotional I was back in like walking the streets of Victoria Street and like the town square and I was just like damn this is it brought a tear to my eye like I never thought Cambridge could do that to me yeah <laughs> oh 100 percent I because where I was in the states and with uh, Rowan in college I didn't go back for three years and right, yeah. I went back in February for the first time and my sister picked me up. We stopped at the Bombay for a BP pie and I was like getting emotional. <laughs> I was like, oh, I miss these pies. Like yeah. it's, it is strange how much you like forget or you don't appreciate certain things when you grow up in it. And then suddenly Lake Karapiro is the most beautiful place uh-huh. ever. So I'm glad you could go back. I'm, surely like backyard cricket is too com- like do you get too competitive I do yeah I'm a very competitive person like I'm not I don't ever get angry in real life but the only thing that can get me angry is anything competitive it can be even just like a board game like or a card game like when I'm if I'm competitive I'm very competitive so yeah unfortunately there's no backyards in Tokyo everything everyone just lives in small tiny apartments it's not like in New Zealand where every block there's a park here. It's like every block there's a 7-Eleven. So it's like the complete polar opposite. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good that you get to go back for like a month though and yeah. really like soak it, soak it up and enjoy it. Uh, and my only other like real question I have for you, but it's kind of big, is like biggest learning so far from high performance sport and just being overseas in general. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I feel like in high performance is definitely your the mental skills of your game. Because everyone, when they've got to that high performance area, they're good tactically, technically. In terms of cricket, tactical, technical, physical, they're all around the same area, right? So I think it's definitely, especially for a sport like cricket where you know, some games can go for five days. So um, it's definitely that mental toughness and skills that separates the good players from the great players. And mental game and skills is definitely a skill that is least practiced in high performance, I feel like. But is definitely, I feel like, is the most important. And up until five, ten years ago, no high performance uh, individual players or teams had mental skills people mental coaches but that's become like a very prevalent thing these days not just in sport but like in workplaces as well like mental well-being is very you know much of a priority for people these days and I think that's the main thing I tried, like in my degree in human performance science, we did a lot of sports psychology. So a lot of things that I did in my degree is helping me as an athlete. So yeah, it's kind of, even though I'm not using my degree in any sense at the moment, it's it helps me with what I do at the moment. So definitely mental skills and there's no real right way about how to get to high performance because everyone comes from different backgrounds families environments but again I'm going to say another cliche but it's just the hard work and sacrifices people have to make and the hours they put in to get there and and for me I feel like you know I wasn't very hard working that as I could have been but now that I've tasted what high performance is like, that's really what's motiv- motivating me more. I've never been more motivated to get better and 
to keep pushing in my in the way I'm going now so yeah it's when people ask me oh how do you be how do I become this how do I become that I just I can't really give an answer because I don't know how I got there in the first place so yeah those are the basically the main two kind of things in uh yeah from what I've experienced those answers are brilliant by the way because I was gonna ask like oh how did you know and you just said it right there it's like the way you came into the sport in particular is from a genuine joy of it and your studies although you didn't probably anticipate that they'd be so like practical because they are like not only the physical sports performance but that mental side it's huge and I don't know if you've watched or if you've got time to watch but on Netflix they just put out like David Beckham's oh uh, yeah yeah he did this short docuseries and of course I watched it and it's (laughs) wild because that was early 2000s just no mention of the mental aspect of sport in the slightest and now watching it retrospectively you're like how did no one just ask him like how he's doing on the inside so that's a huge point of difference I think yeah, even in the last five, but definitely 10 years that we're putting emphasis on that. Yeah, for sure. And like being a half Japanese, half Kiwi, which is a very rare half to come by these days, like kind of, you know, struggled with that mental side of things because I never felt like I really fit in. Like even in Japan, um, no one sees me as a Japanese person like it's crazy no one thinks I'm Japanese every school visit I go to I'm like where do you think I'm from I always get America Europe no one has ever guessed Japanese for me and I have the same conversations with like random people every day it's like for example if I buy something from the 7-Eleven they're like oh are you okay with chopsticks they ask me that in Japanese and I'm like I reply in Japanese and they're like oh my god your Japanese is so good and I'm like yeah I'm Japanese and they it's always like so it's very weird because in a country like Japan where I'm pretty sure it's the most homogenous country in the world like only two three percent are not Japanese it's very full Japanese and especially in a city in Sano where I live you'll see seeing a foreigner is like seeing like a mythical creature you just never seen one um so it's kind of you know it's very weird and then in New Zealand like you know it's not like I didn't fit in but I never felt like I was truly Kiwi or truly you know people always looked at me and they're like where are you from kind of thing and um stuff like that so mentally like it's growing up not feeling like you fit in is tough but um yeah it's definitely the mental side of things is really prevalent these days and something that I try to work on myself it's really it's hard because like it's like how do you practice being mentally tough and your mental well-being it's so kind of you know I can't even answer that question myself but yeah that's kind of what it was like growing up for me and what it's like living here in Japan like yeah (laughs) you say that all with a smile which is classic but thank you because I know that's actually a pretty like hefty heavy subject and I again kudos to your family and your friends because for you you're still smiling it's like oh cool it's just like a funny little antidote but that's got to get a little bit tiring or it could wear you down so even that's probably where your mental strength comes from because you're not going to change that you're half Japanese half Kiwi so that's a reality that wasn't gonna evolve you know like it's just your Mm. attitude towards it so the fact that you've capitalized and made the most of embracing both cultures is in itself probably an expression of your strong mental attitude because you could have just been like ah damn it like I'm I'm struggling in both instead you're like okay let me do both let me live in Japan visit New Zealand for a month like you're yeah something going on inside your head that I wish we could bottle and give to other people that would be very helpful oh thank you for that no yeah I mean yeah I feel like for me it's nothing that 
I've really, you know, it's just kind of what I've lived with. And I haven't really thought about it until, you know, like yourself, you you kind of asked me about the things because I was, I've never really been like an open person. I've kind of been very in, independent and kept everything to myself. So it's it's good that you're answering, asking all these questions because, you know, I'm kind of feel like I'm becoming more and more open about talking about these things. So no, it's definitely, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And <laughs> Yeah, because your other podcast that you've done is cricket, right? Like it's talking yeah, about you, yeah. but this is probably the first time it's like, yo, tell me about you and how you got there and your experiences. So thanks. And it's a lot of attention on a person who typically maybe doesn't always want to be front and center, but you keep finding yourself in those positions, especially the more interviews you're going to do. It, it's just going to be like on a rise. So it's really cool to talk to you in this moment in like 2023 who knows what the next year is even going to bring, let alone like if we look towards 2028 Olympics. I don't know if you want to look that far ahead, but it's got to be exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, cricket's like a massively growing sport here in Japan. So it's cool to be a part of that upbring uprise of Japan cricket. And no, like if, I was very like 50-50 about coming to Japan in the first place, but yeah, just had no regrets of coming here and still want to like travel the world and see what, you know, because I've seen what Japan and New Zealand's like, but I just want to keep, you know, experiencing different cultures and seeing what high performance is like in other cultures. And just that's one great thing about sport is it brings you you talk to people from everywhere around the world and it brings people together so sport and travel being one of my two biggest passions and me being able to experience that in my job that I'm currently doing is like a goal that I thought I'd never would have reached so now it's been cool and the same for you I guess like with rowing and going to the US and meeting people from around the world and experiencing America to what little old New Zealand's like it's, yeah it must have been eye-opening and words can't put yeah but into what it actually feels like that's true especially <laughs> the past couple years being in this very different culture than how New Zealand approached everything seriously and I didn't row in school so to be able to have sport take you so far is um yeah, I resonate with you on that sense. You're like, I can't put it into words and I'll think about it later and probably be like, damn it, I have a better way of saying it now. But I think you've put that perfectly. And uh, before I go into like a silly sign-off question, no, I just wanted, <laughs> is there anything that we didn't talk about or a question I didn't ask that you'd want to like speak on? Oh, put me on the spot now. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to ask, like, what, how you, you know, start, what gave you the idea to talk about this show and, like, who were your influences and how did this all begin? Because I want to know more about, I know this is a podcast about me, but I want to know about how this all started because I think it's great. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> um oh okay this is what it's like on the other side well I've always been really interested in just talking to people and I think radio and broadcasting is just like such a epic medium to communicate with people and honestly when I finished rowing I was like I don't know what else to talk about anymore because I'd spent so long talking about like this one sport and when I when I finished I was like I'm good I'm done that or <laughs> my hands need a rest but I was like, what's something that I can, one, get me to talk to people. I can get practice in podcasting because I think it's going to absolutely like just continue to grow. It's like something I had noticed being in the States was people were very outspoken and proud of themselves. And to some degrees, it's a bit much. But in general, I was like, well, this is so different to what New Zealand's like. And, you know, here, if someone's like, oh, you got a New Zealand title. I'd be like, oh yeah, but it was in the club. It wasn't in Premier yet, like immediately talking it down. And so over the years, I was like, oh, this is actually quite good. The same way you speak about in Japan. It's like, oh, it's actually awesome to 
celebrate your success I'm more inclined to celebrate other people's success and so I knew that this topic was something that New Zealanders would probably find quite interesting and I talked to Kiwis but also people in Japan people in the States what's like a topic that could keep me going even if no one listened and some people would listen which is awesome but if no one listened I would feel like very fulfilled just from having these conversations like when we finish this if no one if no one did listen but they will which is awesome I'd be like oh wow like I knew so much more about what he does and I feel like more cultured more knowledgeable from it so the topic like I mentioned before we started recording first was like oh yeah what's tall poppy syndrome and it's this negative thing let's fight it and instead I'm like no let's just talk to people who are tall poppies like you and celebrate the success and everyone who listens takes something away and when I listen back to it I'll take something away so yeah I'm rambling because I'm not normally on the side of the question but yeah that like that's what the genesis of the podcast came from was like I just find talking is really fascinating I missed home and getting the opportunity to talk to people like you who are tall poppies doing these crazy things that I would otherwise not get to learn about I'm like oh I think other people should get to learn about it too so this is what I do oh wow that's a good and I I like how you refer just me being me as a tall poppy and not yourself as well because oh. <laughs> <laughs> when when you really... first I a prime example of tall poppy is like when you first asked me to be on this podcast and I like saw like who you've interviewed before I'm like okay I compared myself to all of them I'm like okay I'm at the bottom of everyone else right now no that's and you are not the first and you probably won't be the last person who said that they're like I've looked at the people and I'm like what is actually super cool and motivated me early on was like Dylan Schmidt who like trampoline bronze medalist I knew him for nothing like I literally insta dm'd him I didn't have a podcast at this stage I was like I have this idea I want people to learn from legends celebrate success and he was like yeah sweet sounds good like when's a good time on me because I'd asked Jade and Nikita who are Cambridge High people I was like they know me but this complete stranger who's an Olympian was like yeah actually that topic really interests me let's go so that was something that like it's like oh people actually want to talk about this there's like a gap in the conversation or like social conversation and so that's what sparked and you've had so many different people on with so many different you know answers and opinions and I think you know it's just great like learning from these greats and because they're all at that same level right excluding myself no. but uh, <laughs> they're, they're all at that same level but they all have different opinions and that's what's so great like to be heard by what their opinion on tall poppy is and and yeah it's definitely educated myself about what the syndrome is and um hopefully many many others as well so that's it's perfect like it's a perfect podcast <laughs> I actually am a little bit taken aback so thank you that's very kind um I wasn't expecting that so thank you and now I'm gonna flip to like the most silly question in comparison okay. to all that loveliness and if you have listened maybe you knew but if you had to have just one meal for the rest of your life breakfast lunch and dinner what mm. is it gonna be hard because I love Japanese food I love Japanese food but could I have sushi for breakfast lunch and dinner no I definitely couldn't um oh wow I love curry so it's got to be a curry of something Mm, I don't know butter chicken is that is that been answered before no but I'm like I love how you're like I could not eat sushi for breakfast lunch and dinner but butter chicken <laughs> yeah but butter do. chicken I could eat the one hello India Cambridge oh. the best butter chicken in the world to this day shout out to hello India <laughs> if they're listening from Cambridge if you're in the vicinity go try it <laughs> that honestly I have to stand by you like that is probably a really good one you might regret that decision a couple yeah probably yes I would but 
if you eat a meal from anywhere from for your whole life it's just not going to be good on the stomach is it so why not just go out with a curry <laughs> oh i love that so much i am um, i'm gonna wrap up just because i no, should <laughs> but i really hope that this conversation like happens again we can do a little yeah for sure in. let's hope you either come to Tokyo or either come to America or the best place would probably be back in New Zealand sometime. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I don't know. Well, maybe you're there. The Tokyo Marathon in March okay. next year. I'm running oh, that definitely. one. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, Try to stay for a week and I'll show you all the best spots around Tokyo. And yeah, let's make it happen. I probably won't be running <laughs> alongside you. I'm more of a short, short distance kind of person. But that, uh... <laughs> That's mighty fine. You stick to that. <laughs> and then I'll do, I'll get us like, I'll be able to see the sights. About 100%, if we could do that, I'll tee up an in-person interview or something too to check in because good grief, the next like, the last six months have been so wild. Who knows what the next five, six months will be like for oh, you. Absolutely. Oh. Uh... Let's hope it's less busy because I'm I'm on fumes right now. <laughs> oh, seriously, thank you so much. Words can't describe how grateful I am for the conversation. Um, I'll be in touch and stuff, but have a big day. Have some rest, I hope. And just thank you for not only coming on the podcast, but thinking about the questions and having really wonderful answers that a lot of people will learn from, including myself. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you for asking me to be here. It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, maybe there's a podcast. You might inspire me to create my own podcast and get you on in the guest one day. No yeah. idea what the topic's going to be, but yeah. If you're a good talk, like you have a lot going on upstairs, so you could. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I did um, like my sp sports journalism thing. And James McConey from Crow Goes Wild like one of my favorite shows that's he's one of my biggest inspirations so I love talking to people like you and talking about sports so podcasting is the thing that I've always wanted to do but you know just like how do I start what do I talk about it's always been a barrier probably like how you when you were like should I do this should I not do this yeah same kind of feeling mate like absolutely the same I was like I know I want to go down this route much like you are now what's a topic that is going to fuel me so you're in that creation stage you let me know when you want to like so stay tuned people if you're listening you're enjoying this podcast but there's a whole nother like channel coming so get ready yeah look out everyone <laughs> thank you so much for listening to tall poppy talk we'll see you next time feel free to check us out on socials youtube and the website Thanks for today's guest and we'll see you all next time. Take care.